Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. This episode will be released on September 3rd, 2018. I say that because this is another episode where we're going to record a little bit early. But I'm Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both of McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 107 where we might have some links to the things we talk about as well as ways to subscribe to the podcast, follow us and all that good stuff. So before we get started, I want to address something that happened in last week's episode. Uh, I asked for feedback last episode on, on any sort of issues that people might have. And of course, there was an issue. Um, I recorded us. I recorded me in the right channel and Slappy in the left channel. And I thought that the software to you know, do the audio editing, mixed everything back to mono, but it didn't do it. So, uh, yeah, you got that. So I'm going to play around with that right now and go between channels just to, to bug people a little bit. So, uh, now, now I'm back to just not trying to do that. So, yeah, you get punished for a good deed, right? That's what I'm going to go with. So, uh, yeah, check out LibertyMugs.com too, and, uh, buy, buy some mugs, tell your friends about it. Uh, find someone, find a mug that, that goes against what someone you know really likes, and then just drink it very slowly in front of them. While smiling. Yes, and maintain that eye contact. Yes. And, uh, also go on iTunes and rate us five stars. Yeah, and Stitcher. And wherever else you want to rate us. Yeah. That's always helpful. So, uh, I'm going to hand it over to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our episode topic. Thank you, Rallo. Welcome, everyone, to the Rallo and Slappy Show. Today, we will be talking about Bitcoin again. We did that last week when you got one of us in one ear and the other in the other ear. Um, Which ear was better? That's what we want to know. That's what we want to know. But now you got us in both. Uh, I'm sure you can make some kind of joke out of that. But um, uh, today we're going to talk about Bitcoin again and uh, why we think Bitcoin will be the currency of the future. Not one of of many, but the currency and why we choose to kind of focus our energy and attention on Bitcoin. Um, so let's get right into it, Rallo. Uh, why... Why is Bitcoin going to be the currency, at least in our opinion, or your opinion? Yeah, so I think it's going to be the one and only money sometime in the future. I, I don't know when that will be, but because it, it solves all of the problems that money has to solve, and it does it in a way that nothing else compares to it, nothing else competes to it. Uh, we haven't had good, sound, hard money in quite a long time. And even when we did, and that being gold, gold still had some had some problems that, that it couldn't solve. And so because of that, you had other uh, – it, it creates some inefficiencies, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, Bitcoin doesn't really have that. Um and so it's it's on this path from first being a collectible 
to then being a store of value, which I think we're kind of in, we're in that uh, phase right now, becoming a store of value. And then. Well, I'm going to push back a little bit there, or or maybe we'll expand. I know you're kind of summarizing and we'll probably go in in depth more, but what do you mean by. I was going to end the, I was going to end the podcast right there. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's it. All right. Well, I was going to finish the, what I, you know. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, what do you mean by a collectible and why is that important? I mean, well, I mean, when, when, like anything else, when it first gets discovered, first gets started, a, I mean, a people, baseball card. Yeah. I mean, people, people value baseball cards. Um, but like baseball cards, could baseball cards ever become money? I mean, you can make the case. We can imagine baseball cards becoming money, but it would be very difficult for them to get out of the, uh, collectible phase. Because there's only a, a very small niche of people that are really going to find much value in them, whereas I think a lot of people really would find them kind of worthless. Um, you might be able to say, "Oh, well, this you know Babe Ruth's rookie card in mint conditions worth blah 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 dollars," and and so that's really worth something. But I mean, people only know that because they know other people are going to uh, are going to want that, but. Uh, it's not really right, but what's I guess what I'm getting at is what's the importance of it being a collectible first? Oh, because it, it needs that initial value. It needs some people assigning some uh, to value to it, so that it, that it um, kind of can have something to build off of. Because otherwise, the first people who find this kind of stuff, whatever it is, if it's Bitcoin, gold, or baseball cards, uh. It, it doesn't just value just doesn't come out of thin air. It doesn't appear. Um, it's not people like to say some things have intrinsic value, but I disagree with anything have a, having intrinsic value. Things can be extremely useful, but value is subjective. And there can always be something that can come around and make something obsolete. Sure. But what about like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know which way you want to go with this episode. We didn't discuss it enough beforehand. But what about U.S. dollars? I mean, the government kind of said, "Here's money." Yeah, they did, uh, and and they trash it. So the dollar has been losing value uh, for since the Federal Reserve got created. True. Uh, so it's it's a terrible store of value, and the reason it gets used is well, one of the reasons to get it gets used is because you aren't allowed to use other things. Right. Uh, also, it is, I mean, it, it is also can, backed by gold originally and they kind right. of slowly stole it. So mm-hmm. it's like at one time you could exchange your U S dollars for gold. Um, then they stopped that. And then they allowed uh, foreign governments to exchange for gold. And then they stopped that. And now it's just out of control inflation. Right. Um, so they kind of did it slowly. It's not like one day they showed up and were like, here's U S dollars. Everyone use them. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one time that money was it represented gold anyway. Yep. Yeah. And let me jump back real quick because it's bothering me that I said it about the Babe Ruth rookie card that like, oh, people will only sell it because I know other people would have value. And and that would make it kind of a, a store of value because they know people are constantly going to demand it. But even if that were the case and you could make you could say that, well, Babe Ruth rookie cards are are great stores of value. Um, which we'll, I guess this is a good lead into the next phase of money. Is it a good medium of exchange? 
I mean, you could uh, cut the card up into smaller pieces, but then you destroy it. Then the value goes to essentially zero. Right. So it's it would be a terrible medium of exchange. And plus, just because Babe Ruth's rookie card has a lot of value does not mean that all other baseball cards would have similar value. I mean, I think most baseball cards are, even among collectors, are, are kind of worthless. Yep. I think that's true. Because those are so plentiful. And also, um, because they, they can make so many of them. It's it's when they go out of, well, I guess they make them every year, but they can make as many as they want. But yeah, it, it's not, there's not really a good like monetary policy associated with that because part of uh, money being a good store of value is you know that it can't be, uh, you're, so no one's going to flood the market with a bunch of new money that, that hurts the value of it. We see that with a dollar. I mean, they're constantly, the Federal Reserve's constantly printing more dollars. And so it, it harms the value of the dollars that you have. So it's, you're losing money. Like the more you're holding it, the longer you're holding it into the future, the less it's going to be worth, which is not very good. And so with baseball cards, yeah, the, the number of Babe Ruth rookie cards that can be created is, is is already there. They can't do any more because they can't go back in time. But someone who's kind of trying to predict future values, printing baseball cards, just, they could print any number of if they if they see a hot shot rookie coming up, they could try to print you know a bajillion of them. Right. And so it's not a good. You can't predict very well what the. I'm trying to think of the word. What the uh, the essence? That's not the right exchange word. Exchange rate. I mean, not not like, a, not even the exchange rate, but what the uh, what the, the the makeup of that the currency is going to be like. Yeah. Right. So it, it it's that would be terrible for trying to predict that um, because it's it it it's an obvious incentive. I mean, if gold well, were if gold is, were really easy to mine, then everyone would go out and do it. That's why there was the gold rush. In the in the mid nineteenth century, out to the west, because hey, there's gold everywhere. So that that made people fly out there to try you know, to go get it. The other thing with, I mean, if, if baseball cards were used as money, it would be really hard to have prices. Right. I mean, like, is a Honus Wagner card worth two Babe Ruths? Right. You know. And I mean, how many how many Babe Ruth cards would you need to have one Travis Lee card? <laughs> yeah, Travis Lee. There's exactly. <laughs> um, but like, when what we do with baseball cards now is collectors price them in dollars anyway. So right. Anyway. A lot of baseball. And, well, I mean, there's there's also value with putting it into the uh, spokes of your bike. That's what I had value in when yeah. I was a kid. Although I did collect Cal Ripken, I had like I had a ton of them, a couple hundred of them. He was my guy. A couple hundred Cal Ripken cards. I did. Well, I guess I that's because them. he played a couple hundred years, so one yeah, for each year. Exactly. I got one for every year he played. <laughs> one for every game he played. Yeah, in a row much. consecutive. I remember anyway. I, I had it. My 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 favorite one was I had a Greg Jeffries. Greg Jeffries, nice. From a, but it was it was the Cardinals when he was on the Cardinals. Well, uh, it wasn't even a Phillies one, huh? No, I, I don't think I had any Phillies cards. I used to like baseball cards. I did. I collected. I think I still have them actually. I probably haven't met my parents somewhere. I just have a I few. Know I know I have Cal ones there. There's just a few that I have. I never really was into it. Um, All right. Anyway. Th- yeah, this was not a baseball card episode. 
We're not supposed to be, but okay. Where are we going next? Do we still have well, uh, still so questions no, I, about I store saying, value? Well, I was saying why is it why is it important that it's a collectible before it can be oh, money? Right. Um, you know, so what? Like it's a collectible that doesn't it just. Well, yeah, like I was saying, so you can't just, I mean, someone, uh, let's go to gold since that was a better money than, than baseball cards could be. Is yeah, that, but, yeah, go ahead. So the first person that pulled gold out of the ground, um, I guess uh, maybe it wasn't, maybe the first guy that pulled gold out of the ground. I thought it was a stupid rock. Yeah. He might've said, yeah. I don't, I'm not looking for this. This, this isn't hard. I can't spend. I can't smash my the guy in the cave next to me in the head with this as, as good as the rock that's yeah. next to us. So let me throw this away. But eventually, people started thinking that hey, this looks pretty shiny. I can, yeah, can make it. it. In, yeah, I can make it into stuff. Cool. I can. Yeah. So a couple people. Soft, I can shape it. You know. Yep. So a couple people found value in it, and then for whatever reason, it, it more and more people started. Finding value. People started using it, right? Keeping it and realizing they could trade it for other things because it's a useful thing. Well, people started wanting it, right? And it was difficult to get, and so because it had had some uses, um, and they could, and someone who wanted gold couldn't just go out and walk down the down the path of the village and and go grab as much as he wanted. Um, it, it it helped create value for it because it required a lot of work to go get it. Um, right. So anyway, we, as you know, we, I guess we don't have this history written down, but that's just kind of the way people think it started. Uh, I don't know. Actually seems to make sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean it makes sense. It, well, it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to, we don't need to know for sure how it happened because it makes, I think it makes logical sense. Right, and to argue against what we're kind of saying here would to would be to fight the because we do know that gold is used was used as money or still right. is right. in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people needed there had to be you know people had to want it and then it had to be able to be divisible you know and keep its uh, integrity still be gold when you chop it up. Sure, you had to be able to transport it somewhat easily, move yeah. it around if you want to. So that's where it started to become uh, a medium of exchange because it's – so as as time went on and, and it became more and more valuable, people um, people wanted it. And they only – people who were, were offering trades for stuff, they only wanted gold. And so eventually they had, you had to start giving gold to each other to, uh, to get stuff, to make trades. Right. Um, and then eventually it was, it was, uh, and we're going through this really quickly because we'll touch on these points as we go deeper in the conversation. And eventually it was just easy, easiest to just, uh, make everything relative to gold to say, Hey, I've got, how much is your, is your, uh, is your goat worth? Well, it's worth three gold coins. All right. Well, how much is your hut worth? Well, my, my hut's worth 10 gold coins. Uh, so that, that becomes a unit of account, and once that happens, then it, it's uh, kind of games. I mean, that's the that's yeah. money. <laughs> right, game's over. 
until something else comes along and, and, and solves these problems better. But gold, I mean, I mean, there were a lot of, before gold was, was money. There were a lot of other monies out there in a lot of different places. Um, there's actually in a, I I mentioned this last episode, but in Saifedean and Moose's book, the Bitcoin standard, he goes through some of the, the histories of different monies and, uh, Hmm. like the the rye or ray stones and the, uh, island of Yap was, uh, I think it was, was it Yap? Something like that. Uh, these huge, almost like not bullet, but these huge stones they would get and you couldn't even move it around. But, uh, it was you would go to the town village and when you wanted to sell when you wanted to trade it for something, you would go to the town village where, or town center where everyone was and kind of announce like this is I'm now trading my stone to Billy Bob down the road for his 10 goats. And because everyone heard it, that's how you like, OK, yeah, we acknowledge that now that ownership is traded because no one could move it because it was a huge rock in the ground. So. Um, all sorts of things have been money before, but as right. we, as we, what does this have to do with Bitcoin? Bitcoin's like literally just a huge rock that you actually it's what the, what the, what the foil is for it is that there was consensus on who owned it. So if you weren't, and maybe, maybe we're getting that jumping around a little bit, but might as well say it, um, because it is important to Bitcoin to understand this consensus model. So all the nodes and everything, they, you know, the, all the transactions propagate through the network and each time a new block is set or a new block is added to the blockchain. They're it, announcing to everyone. Yeah. It announces to everyone um, what the new uh, ledger for everyone is, who has what Bitcoin. And, uh, and that's done through consensus. So it's the most the most nodes, the blocks that the most nodes agree on are, is the next block. So if you go offline for a little bit, like say you're in the village and you go off in your, your boat somewhere to to go catch fish. So you're not there in the town center for when uh Billy Bob then trades his, uh, trades something for the, the stone to, uh, Susie Q. And so you go back to the village and you, and you hear Susie Q saying like, yeah, that's my, that's my rock over there. And you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know about that. Well, then you go talk to other people and say, Hey, Susie Q's claiming that rock. And she, and people say, yeah, yeah. Billy Bob traded it towards that. If you ask enough people, you're going to say, oh, okay, well that's, that's what the truth is. Um, So it's the same with Bitcoin is that if you go offline for a little bit, you catch up, you go back on and, and your node catches up. Um, and it just goes with what is the consensus among people. So what was that island called? Yap? I think it was Yap. They should have had a giant ledger in, in the center of town. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're saying... But anyway, even still, with a ledger, someone could go uh, edit, edit it. without. Edit it. Yeah. yeah, without all the consensus. So you would still need so that, the nodes. Yeah. The nodes help keep that consensus, right? Because honest. someone someone could go make a an invalid transaction or or write or an invalid block, but um, you still need that consensus, right? So you're saying Bitcoin is in the collectible stage, past it? Um, I mean, I'm going off what 
what other people are saying here. Yeah, I'm, well, I, that's all we can. But do, yeah, right? I mean, we're I would say, anyway. I would say it's past the collectible stage. I mean, it's it's appreciated in value pretty good, and and um, I guess I don't know, maybe maybe since it's not, it's it's still fluctuating pretty good in uh, in what it's worth. It might be difficult to call it a store of value, but I mean, or I think a lot of us are anticipating that it's going to hold value, whether whether or not it 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 increases by you know even twenty percent plus or minus in the next year. It goes between that over the next five ten years. We expect it to appreciate in value. Um, so. And I think the fact that a lot of people are, are being hodlers, which we talked about in episode 106 last week a little bit, uh, people are holding it. I mean, that's that's a signal that it's a store of value uh, because that means the, it means that people are really anticipating that it's going to to be worth more in the future, which is right. a, which is a good signal to the market. It doesn't mean they're, they're going to be correct. Yeah, they could be wrong. Yeah, they um, could be wrong, but. So, all right. We said earlier, we think Bitcoin will be the currency, the only one. So right. we got this collectible. People are collecting it. People are trading it. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens. Uh, probably not as much as some people would like. Um, but it, ha- it is used as money in, on, you know, in, in certain areas. Uh, but why why do you think there has to be one Bitcoin? Or when I say one Bitcoin, I mean only one currency. Money money yeah, yeah. Crypt, only one of them is going to win is is kind of what you're saying so why? well not only one cryptocurrency is going to win only one thing currency. is yeah. yeah yeah it's it's the dollar yeah. is going to go away the yen is going to go away pesos are going to go away right and why do you think that because right now as it exists today there's several monies as you just mentioned a couple of yes them. so i am going to appeal to gresham's law for that and also, to, and, and just as an aside real quick, to have multiple, quote unquote, monies would be barter, which is inefficient and uh, not really that useful. Uh, but Gresham's Law. So Gresham's Law is, is often described as bad money driving out good money. But that's when, as far as my understanding of it is, that's when you have a government imposing by law a currency yeah, there. Right, so because be- bad money would, in this case, if, say, gold was circulating with the dollar and the U.S. Federal Reserve notes, and the government is making people use Federal Reserve notes, people would hoard, would hoard the gold, which would drive out the good money being the gold. Is that what you're saying? Right, because well, yeah, because the gold would have a lot of value. Um, yes. So they people don't want to be spending that, kind of with the understanding that they're, um, they have to use the dollar. Kind of like when the U.S. Mint stopped making silver coins, they went out of circulation pretty quickly. You exactly. almost never see a silver coin coin today. Exactly, because why would you trade away that if it's going to? be worth the same as a, a non-silver quarter when so, you could just use silver quarters. Back in the in the day, I was a little bit of a coin collector. Um, so I have a lot of silver coins. But I still, still, every time I get change, I check to see if they're silver. 
And the la- I do this. It's 2018. The last time I got a silver coin in my change was 2006. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I may have gotten a couple before that, but I can very clearly remember the last time I got one, and that was 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the perfect example of it. Um, and it's because it's because of the, the force of government. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gresham's law, and it's sometimes referred to as Thiers' law, um, without the uh, the government, well, this this aspect of Gresham's law, um, without government is a uh, you do, you don't have that mechanism to force people to use that other currency in in our case the U.S. dollar. Um, so what it does is the opposite kind of happens is the, the good money drives out the bad money. So knowing that Bitcoin is very valuable and you expect it to have a lot more value in the future, it doesn't make sense that you want to spend it. Um, you want to spend all of your less, the thing that, that is going to be, it's not worth as much and you don't expect it to be worth as much. And that drives it out eventually because, of, because mm-hmm. people aren't going to want it anymore. Right. Um, and they're going to start demanding that they only get Bitcoin. And so that's when it forces people to to start using Bitcoin as, as the exchange, medium of exchange. But that's okay. I mean, you're going to be a lot more willing to spend Bitcoin when you can also demand it for payment to you. Right. So you, you don't, at that point, once all the, the, the bad money is getting driven out, um, you know, you're not going to be really losing out as much because you can't just um, hold on to it anymore. And I mean, if, if as the bad money is getting driven out, you can't, you, you still need to spend stuff. So, all right. But why couldn't Litecoin be the silver to Bitcoin being gold? Because we did have silver and gold. Sure. Um, and that, that only occurred because gold could not solve one of the problems of the money of money is that it's not, especially as it got more valuable, uh, you, you reach a point where you can't really divide it anymore. Um, I mean, gold became so valuable that to buy, you know, something small, you wouldn't have to like get a few gold shavings or something. Right. You want to buy a, 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 a pack of gum, you go drink a bottle of gold schlager and get the flakes <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah. I mean that's that's really impractical. So for smaller purchases, gold or silver has has decent money properties. Probably you know not as good as gold, and it's worth less relative to gold. So people were able to use that for for smaller purchases. But where it becomes difficult there is you can't just assign a value of of silver relative to gold. I mean it's going to fluctuate. Um, so you're not always going to say like, well, I've got one ounce of gold and that's equivalent to just making up numbers, a hundred ounces of silver. Um, the mining rates are different, so you could produce more, uh, um, you could produce gold at a different rate that you're, they're bringing silver into the market uh people just value things differently i mean there's there's a bajillion aspects to it which is why it's so difficult because there's it's 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 tough to predict that so uh, so bitcoin just, solves that problem because you can break it down to a satoshi 
Yep, and I believe even once Lightning Network goes in, I think you can go even uh, lower than that. Yes, or it has the potential to. So if it ever got to be literally the only currency in the world, you could take it out even far farther. That that is my current understanding of it. Yes, because if you, I mean, a lot of people are saying that eventually, I mean, a Bitcoin is going to be worth several million dollars if it if it becomes the world's money um and that's in like taking into account today's money so at that point it's a million dollars and you've got a hundred million satoshis in a bitcoin so i guess you're a satoshi's a penny at that point is my math not terrible there and so uh, yeah that's right that is right yeah and so over time, I mean, that's not going to happen tomorrow. So you would expect that it's going to be worth a, more than that. Right. I think a million dollars is even kind of conservative, is extremely conservative, unrealistically conservative. So you're guaranteeing that everyone who has Bitcoin will be a millionaire? Yes, by like three weeks from now. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, so since Bitcoin can do that, it has no reason to have that uh, that secondary money, and it, all it does, all that uh, something like Litecoin would do, would just create inefficiencies. All right. So then, here's another question, though: Why Bitcoin? Because we saw how the fees were uh, back in December. Um, it w- who would want to buy a pack of gum or a cup of coffee if you got to pay twenty bucks for it? No one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, it, but it's because it's not a medium of exchange yet. I mean, people were putting kind of putting the cart before the horse. And, and I know it it's frustrating. It's not good. But, I mean, it, well, it's not ready yet. I mean, I think people take for granted how things become a store of value and how things become money. I mean, we, we look at gold and we just assume that we were talking about it earlier, that you can't just assume that, you know, people found gold and it instantly – was worth something. It instantly yeah, the, had industrial the first value. Guy gold was a, you know, retiring. Yeah, it, it didn't instantly be jewelry, especially because you 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 pull gold out of the ground. It's not always like shiny and nice. Right. A lot of times it's in a gold ore. Um. Although I'm sure when they were first finding it, it was it was a little bit easier. Um. So okay. So then another question though. Well, like, yeah. I mean, we could still. Go yeah, uh, go deeper into that. Um, well, actually, I lost my train of thought completely. Well, I was what, what was say, the, what were we talking? What was even the so question? We did have high fees. I mean, there were. Oh, you're oh, just fees, saying yeah, yeah. Bitcoin wasn't ready. Okay, well then they came out with Bitcoin Cash that has lower fees, and at least I, I guess there's another fork coming. Is that official? Oh, I, I think so. And I think yeah. I just saw something. Apparently, Craig Wright wants to isn't going to put replay protection in. So oh. he wants to double spend. Nice. Which is- um, but well, they came up with that and, it, it, you know, to solve that problem. So why do you think that wouldn't be a better option than Bitcoin? Well, I mean, part of it is they did that at the expense of security. Um, and they also uh, didn't add, didn't take that opportunity to, uh, fix the malleability issue which made 
which allowed miners to kind of cheat a little bit hmm. uh, prior to that. It wasn't an issue before. And I'm not really that well brushed up on it, so I can't speak too intelligently. So if well, you want... do you know, Can you speak at, at least on the security issue? Like, why is it less secure? Yeah. Um, and, and I don't even think it matters talking about that, uh, which, which I will talk about that. But, um, you know... Yeah, at the time, okay, if you want to do that, you could do it. But coming out of it, I mean, what's the point of, of having these quote-unquote transaction coins now? Because Bitcoin came out of it with you know low transactions. They, with, with the SegWit uh, soft fork, it made it a lot cheaper. It made it uh, – and, and that's temporary. You, you still need a, uh, a, a better scaling solution, but it, it kicked the can down the road enough. And now Lightning is in beta and working pretty well. I mean, Lightning's Lightning's got like what three thousand nodes right now, and Bitcoin Cash is in the low two thousand. So, oh, really? um, yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of shows. And I know there's a lot so of. So is that like? I mean, is that the security? Like, it's kind of part of it, but the security. Yeah, like so, more so nodes the nodes make it more secure, more hash power. Uh, it doesn't add hash power. Uh, it it helps you check to make sure what's going on is is legitimate but but the bigger security issue is raising the block size so what the bitcoin cash people did and anyone who wanted bigger blocks was that they said okay with the one uh you can only do seven or eight transactions per second with the one megabyte block size so they said okay well let's let's increase that to what do they go to straight to eight or four Eight. I, I think it was eight. Know. I think yeah. it was eight. But like that is a problem, right? I mean, eight transactions a second, <clears throat> right, is a problem. You can't have a currency with only eight transactions per second. But you can't have a currency that has fifty something transactions per second either. I mean, that's true. That's true. a. Ju- I mean, we had a. If you're interested in this and want more into it, go to mcflugelcom slash ninety, where we had JW Weatherman on to talk about the Bitcoin scaling. Uh, issues and solutions um so that solution just to raise the block size was trading linear scaling for a potentially pretty significant security flaw in that once you raise the block size it uh you got to transmit that data around the network um and with that comes, you know, it becomes more, it becomes a, a larger blockchain as far as disk, disk space goes. So it already takes a long time to spool up a, a full node um, to make that, you know, times eight that it's going to do in the future from that point. I mean, it's, it's, it's really making it, who's going to sit there for three months to just, you know, making up a number to pull up a uh, run a node if you don't already have one and on top of that with that more data that has to go out get transmitted throughout the network it creates latency effects so nodes are getting that updated information more slowly what the new block is so that so if they don't know what the new block is yet they haven't heard it yet they haven't been able to validate it yet they're still waiting that gives whoever was mining and solve that block a head start in front of everybody else, um, which creates some uh, 
some centralizing effects because if they're, you know, getting more reward, they're, right, you know, probably able to spend a little more capital to increase their mining and their hashing. And so that causes other people to drop out of the network. And so you get some mining centralization, which in and of itself isn't necessarily going to destroy Bitcoin because they still have to, because that's what a lot of people say. The, the response to minor centralization is, well, why would they kind of kill the goose that lays the golden egg? If they start trying to you know, do funny business with it, then uh, it, and, and Bitcoin loses value, then, you know, it was. Then they hurt themselves. Right. It, it would, that, that's a terrible, terrible move to make. And that's true. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds okay. The problem is, and what gives, what makes Bitcoin so powerful and strong and uh, so secure is, is that it doesn't, if, if you went and knocked out a miner, it wouldn't really have much of an effect on the network. There's no way for you to destroy the network unless you like take out the entire internet. But what happens when, you have uh, centralization with mining. It creates it creates a, a door to get kicked in. That you know maybe a government who has, has, yeah. has super strong incentives to destroy Bitcoin would not go shut them off because if they went and just shut off that miner, then you, you got all the other miners will will do it. There'll be less hashing power in the network, but they'll get better rewards and be able to build it back up. But they'll be able to influence them. Uh, they'll be able to put a gun to their head and say, "Hey, you're going to start doing this kind of thing," and uh, they're going to—they would try to destroy Bitcoin from within. So, the more miners, the more decentralization, the less it is prone to a government attack or any one person attack. Yeah, and I heard—I forget who said this. I don't know if it was J.W. Weatherman or it might have been Pierre Rochard. Uh, they were saying that don't think of don't think of decentralization as the goal necessarily. It's security is the goal, and decentralization is a means to that end. So I think it, it gets yeah yeah because because it, it, it just kind of clouds the uh, the ideas behind it when you when you put decentralization in front. I mean, it's one of those things where most people. That's what they mean. They mean security, but I thought that was a good little tidbit. Right. And so uh, maybe I already asked this question and we got off track or maybe already answered, but why Bitcoin? Why not one of the others? Why not focus on one of these new starts? Yeah, so Bitcoin has already – it works. It works very well. It's very secure. And that's because it has one of the reasons is because it has the most hashing power by far compared to anyone. So if you, you know, you can find some coin with, you know, this great software, it's got all these great ideas, but if there's not much hashing there, then it's very susceptible to go and attack that. So, I mean, I'm sure that these big miners in, in Bitcoin if they wanted to, could go just absolutely destroy a lot of these coins just by directing their hashing. Now, not all of them hash with the same, uh, uh, what's it called, algorithms and stuff. So you can't just 
switch your mining equipment to, to do whatever coin. But there's some coins that are that are similar um, that they can switch between. Um, or they just, outside of their equipment, just have could have the money to do it. But you could sink some money into it and just and, and take control of the network uh, just because you're going to overpower everybody else there now because they're just they're small coins um, that don't have big networks with a lot of hash power. Um, so most people just don't even care about it. It's probably not even worth it to lose the reward of Bitcoin to to knock these other things out that are not going to last or having a, an appreciable impact on Bitcoin anyway. Um, yeah, so... So that's, that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the reasons also Bitcoin has a, has a very good monetary policy and it's the network has shown the community has shown that they're not going to, uh, you know, change it very much. They're very, uh, resistant to change, which is good because you want that property in money. You want that. That's what gives it hardness is that it's difficult to change, um, difficult to add more to the market. Uh, when, when it's hard. And even if they, even with like, if they hard fork it and change the rules, even if they're not going in and directly changing, uh, how many Bitcoin are going to be added to the market or, or added to the network every time they hard fork or make change rules, changes to the rules that aren't backwards compatible, then it's an opportunity for them to add other stuff into it. So even though they don't do it now, um, the more they do it, the greater the chances that something gets thrown in there. Um, and to be clear, I mean, Bitcoin does have inflation right now because they're they're sending uh, block rewards out. That's how they're adding adding new Bitcoin to the network. But it's on a it's on a set schedule, and um, that should not be changed. And if it does ever get changed, it's going to really harm the value of Bitcoin. Apparently, I just heard that uh, in Nakamoto Satoshi's original uh, code that was run for a while, that they found a bug in it that once all you know, 21 or slightly less than that Bitcoin get mined, that it reset it to... Uh, to start sending Bitcoin out again huh. at the original at the original thing, so they had to like go back. I forget how they how they fixed it, but I mean that's obviously, especially in the beginning, you know, you're going to be finding some issues like that. But that that got fixed in a good way. I mean, it, I think it's better to be kind of restrictive than to be opening it up, making making more liberal rules, uh, especially for critical parameters to it like that, like the supply. Um, hopefully there's no more, uh, no more issues like that. Well, all right, then how long we've we been going? You getting close to an hour? An hour, 43 minutes. All right. Well, you say you're Bitcoin maximalist. Why not? So you, I, I mean, what that means to me is you're, you're focusing all your time. You got out of altcoins. You're getting into Bitcoin. You're staying in Bitcoin. You're focusing on Bitcoin. Um, why do you think that's important? Well, because 
getting involved in the other coins, it just kind of slows Bitcoin down. I mean, we want to have as much hashing power uh, directed at Bitcoin as possible because it makes it makes it more secure, uh, it makes it more difficult for a government to try to take out. Every day that Bitcoin exists gives it a better chance of surviving in the future. Uh, so we want to accelerate that as much as possible. Um, and on top of just the fact that Bitcoin has the most hashing power and, and is the most secure uh, coin out there, a lot of these other things don't offer any better solutions. And some of them are, are just like terrible. Like Ethereum is, I know a lot of people like it, but uh, its monetary policy is atrocious. Uh, they have no plans to make it, as far as I know, there's there's no plans to make it actually hard. Uh, they're going to continue to uh, inflate it indefinitely. Forever. Right. Um, what about like Monero? Privacy coins. Yeah, as far as I'm, as far as I, I mean, I haven't dug deep into that, but from what I've heard, it doesn't scale at all. Um, so, you know, what good is that as making it the world's money if if you can't, on board (laughs) except for only a few people Uh, also it was interesting that apparently that got started that was a scam it was literally a scam until other people took over the project but it's interesting yeah Um, so what other words you got on Bitcoin maximization what did we miss Uh, yeah one thing I wanted to say um, because I think we didn't talk, I think we were talking about this before we recorded, but if we already said this, let me know. But I think one of the things that kind of confuses when the medium of exchange should happen as, as opposed to the store of value is one, we're kind of talking about it, how, uh, we, we don't really give much appreciation for the time it took for gold to become a store of value. We just kind of assume that it has a lot of uh, uses outside of money currently that it, that it just did. Uh, and so we can associate some value um, with gold outside of just being a money, which, which helps hold its value, which helps make it be a store of value. Uh, but there's no reason to say that Bitcoin just doesn't have value because it serves as a great money. Um, I mean, Money is a, is an extremely important thing. So it, I don't understand why it doesn't make sense to be able to say, well, it does a, its only job is to be really good at money. And I think that that's extremely valuable. Um, and I think what also kind of clouds this understanding of, uh, being a store of value to medium exchange is that in order for Bitcoin to even work, uh, it's different. It's different than any other, you know, money we've had before. And they've they've had attempts at, at making electronic money like this. But, uh, you know, with gold, for it to be a medium exchange, you just trade it with someone. You, you, can, you physically hold it so you can trade it with people. But in order for Bitcoin to work, um, that medium exchange, that, that payment system, which gives it the opportunity to be, have, have, be, have a, be a medium of exchange was built into it, and you needed that. Once once Satoshi Nakamoto flipped on his 
flipped on that software and started running uh, running Bitcoin and, and other people got on, I mean, you needed to be able to send it back and forth because it's, it's, a, di- it's a digital thing. You can't right. – unless you're like, you know, moving computers. Hey, this is – I guess this is on my hard, hard drive, so let me give you my computer that has all my Bitcoin on it. Uh, it would be completely impractical and not really worth much if if it couldn't be sent back if it didn't have that built-in payment system. Right. So because that payment system was there, and people were using it, and people were able to use that payment system uh, without paying for transactions because the uh, the block reward was so large compared to, uh, well, it was, it was it was big enough that you didn't need to to sweeten the deal with adding transaction fees also because there just wasn't a demand for it. So they, you know, probably weren't really filling the block. So there's no reason to have to bid, bid higher than the other guy to get, make sure you weren't stuck in the mempool and you got in the next block. So it created this idea that, um, that Bitcoin was instantly this great, uh, medium of exchange because transactions were fast and cheap and free and, and everything else. So, I think that's a point that it, it that, that's that helps it. It kind of uh, it was a premature thing um, that just was the nature of it. I don't know how you would get around that. Uh, so it just kind of uh, maybe I mean, you couldn't have the coin without it. Right, right. I hope I, I hope what I was saying there kind of made sense. Yeah, because it was it just some, not something I've been thinking. I think it, that popped in my head the other day oh. yeah, and people are impatient and i get that i was impatient oh yeah i mean we all want it to be we all want it to be worth a bajillion dollars per bitcoin we all want the light, lightning network to work without any sort of hitches but you know we're, it's it takes time it's got to be done right yep you don't want bugs that would kill it exactly uh another thing i wanted to say about the uh because when you talk about other coins being uh, being still having Bitcoin, maybe being the best money out of a bunch of cryptocurrencies, uh, people bring up atomic swaps, which is you can instead of exchanging trading coins on a on like a centralized exchange, you can you can have this software where it says, "Hey, I want to um, I want to trade." I want like sl- going for Monero. Yeah, or Bitcoin for Tractor Coin. Uh, that's where you got it. In. Yep. Oh yeah. I was going to ask if this ends the Tractor Coin project. Uh, well, no, because I do believe that Tractor Coin will be better than Bitcoin. Okay. And, Fair enough. Yep. So. So you're a Tractor Coin maximalist. Yes. Okay. Actually, Tractor Coin is the real Bitcoin. Gotcha. So. There it is. You said you weren't going to throw me off. Uh, I did. I forget what I was saying. Oh, atomic atomic swaps. swaps. Yeah, yeah. So, again, like I kind of mentioned before, that just creates a barter system. But on top of that, if Bitcoin's like really the the kind of the the base, and you need like to go to this to buy milk, you need milk coin. And to go, uh, you know, fill up your car with gas, you need gas coin. Um, 
no one would want to really hold on to any of these other ancillary coins uh, for any longer than they absolutely had to. Um, so when you went to buy milk, you would trade your Bitcoin for milk coin, buy your milk. Um, there, it doesn't make much sense to be holding on uh, to milk coin and gas coin and everything else because you you, you don't have good... Uh, Sell to use it. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Again, it's 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 a barter system, um, and it's and the other problem with that. It's like Chuck E. Cheese coins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't use Chuck E. Cheese coins to go to buy milk. Anything. Yeah, you, you can only you use exchange it. Exchange your dollars, get your coins, play your games, and then leave. And <laughs> I mean, I guess get rid of your coins if you can, or right, whatever. But they're useless when they're not at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I mean, if someone was walking, if you came out of a Chuck E. Cheese with a, with a bag full of coins and someone offered, offered you money for it, you would absolutely, unless, you, unless you're a real Chuck E. Cheese coin collector, you're going to make, you're going to make that trade. You don't want to hold it, it. Like, yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> the other problem is, and this is probably the bigger dagger for that is that that's assuming that there's going to be a lot of liquidity between these markets. Right. Especially when we look back in Gresham's law where uh, that bad money is going to get driven out. There's that, that whole system, the whole atomic swap thing has to rely on people having these random coins that you're going to have, you know, be able to trade at will. Yeah. You don't want to wait a couple days when you're trying to buy milk. Yeah, and and it, again, it just creates this unnecessary extra transaction that right. doesn't need to be there, and it, and it and it, it slows it down. It creates inefficiencies. It's just not, and it's not. It's probably not going to be very liquid. So, plus for accounting purposes, you want one coin. Oh, it would be a nightmare. Like it would be an absolute company, to value anything if yeah. you're you know you're doing your company in milk coin and the other company in Bitcoin, and you want to buy one of them you have to try you know you're trading things back and forth it would be a nightmare yep yeah and i think that was like i I guess it's i remember this was years ago but um i think it's part of this people get too a little too excited about you know the blockchain and what it can do and because the blockchain is is immutable and you can actually prove ownership that i think people want to apply it to more than they really have to um, because databases are great and they work fine. So you like Ethereum? <laughs> you mean Ripple? Ripple. Yeah. yeah. Ethereum. yeah um, and they work great for, for many, many, many applications. Uh, Still are. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're efficient. They're fast. Bitcoin is extremely inefficient uh, for, for good reason. Uh, because you want to be able to prove that work that you did. Um, so yeah, I think that was part of it. So I remember th- this old this Bitcoin meetup I used to go to, and people were talking about, oh, we could have these like reputation coins. They were just tokenizing everything, and, and it just doesn't make much sense. It just creates like, well, how would how would you even supply the the network to to run this this stuff? You're just kind of I mean, where, what value do these coins actually have? Why, why would anyone direct their uh, their energy to to support that? So, right. 
a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it's based on good intentions. So if the end game is Bitcoin, we might as well jump in now and keep going and make this thing work. Yeah. I mean, unless it, unless something drastic changes that it shows that it can't, but there's nothing, nothing, yeah, nothing really that you could, uh, you know, honestly say looking at it, that's going to cause major problems. I know there's criticisms of it. Um, and to just be blunt, I don't think they're good or, or major criticisms that would that would cause it to to fail as being a money. Or at least right now, there's there's I'll put it this way. I think this this is a much fairer way of saying it. There's nothing else. That looks like it has a better chance than Bitcoin is doing it. And so until that changes. Yeah, you have to. Right. No, it makes sense to me. So, uh, I think that's all I had that I want to talk about. Yeah. uh, Anything with the free market? Yeah, I kind of wanted to change this up a little bit. Um, What, see who's making the timeline weird? No. Okay. No, kind of. Well, change it up is doing an anti-free market success story. <laughs> okay, what did the government do well? Yeah, well, it's not. Even, so I don't even know. I, I don't even know if it's qualified. I, you know what? It's just I want to complain about something I saw on Twitter tonight. Okay. So it's uh, I, I don't know if it's all over the country, but especially around this area, the past week we've had a heat wave. Uh, yeah, it's been. It's like every day it's been at least 100 degrees. Heat index is like 120. It's absurd. It's going to happen again tomorrow. Friday, we're, we're going to get some rain. It's going to, it's going to drop the temperature by a lot. Um, and nowadays, schools in this, in, in this area <laughs> and around other places are going, going back a lot earlier. So, I mean, it's right this, what are we recording? August 29th. So, I mean, back when I was going to school, we didn't go back until after Labor Day. Day. Yeah, back in my day. We didn't go back to school until after Labor Day. So, you know, the first week or two of September, you could still have a chance of being hot. But, I mean, August August is August. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hot month. Um, So, in particular, I saw this tweet. I hope my battery doesn't die. Between now and then. So let me pull it up. So people are talking about how schools are, are getting let out earlier. Some I think some might even be canceling class over these couple of days because of how hot it is. And people are saying, bringing up, back in my day, we didn't get all days off because it was uh, you know, too hot out or whatever. So here's one tweet in particular. I think he deleted it because he got a little roast on it. <clears throat> the kids in my boys' school are allowed to have water bottles in class because apparently they can't wait to just use the water fountain at scheduled breaks. SMH. That is the most boomerific tweet that I think I've ever seen. The school did him well. Yeah. I mean, what's – like? it's it's – bad that kids are getting hydrated 
And I think he like clarified a little then. He's like, well, because someone's like, man, there's school. Because I know when I went to school, we didn't have air conditioning. And we didn't have ceiling fans until when I was close to getting out. We How just was had, the walk to school? Was it uphill both ways? It, it was 90 degrees. 90 degrees. Straight yeah. up in the air both ways. Yep. Um, we had two fans in the classroom, usually. One in the front, one in the back. The little like oscillating fans and it didn't do anything. Um, it wasn't fun. It wasn't good. And I remember it was the only time you really got a chance to get any sort of drink was during lunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like morning recess or something that they would, you know, you could line up and go out, go to the bathroom. But, uh, you know, being at the water fountain line was terrible. If you took more than three seconds there, everyone would start complaining. Be like, oh, save some for the whales. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't know what this guy's kid's school is like. He said, like, oh, they get they get scheduled breaks and they did all this stuff, blah 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 blah. But why would just because I went and it wasn't it wasn't good. I've thought about this recently because I've been hearing people complain about schools being too soft for on this kind of stuff. But that's not good. I mean, being staying hydrated is extremely important. And so, like, if I have kids. I wouldn't want them to go have to go through that. Not that I was like suffering, but I remember it wasn't it wasn't fun being thirsty all day. Uh, obviously, I survived, but why would I wish that upon my kids? And apparently, with this guy, he's trying to say that the kids are getting treated softer than than he was, and it's oh, it's so terrible and everything. Um, so it's funny that you know he's a you know Mister Charlie conservative. It's funny how schools go with, with a lot of these people. Um, you know, whole complain that the leftists or something, I'm sure I'm putting words in his mouth, but you know, I'd be willing to wager a bet on this. Then I'm sure he's complaining about common core and all these other stupid things that, that these people want to do to brainwash kids in school and turn them into drones. But meanwhile, this guy, wants to brainwash kids into following stupid arbitrary rules about whether or not you're allowed to bring water in the classroom. Why? So they could be stupid drones to grow up, to just follow these dumb arbitrary rules. And on top of that, they're punishing kids for saying like, hey, for planning ahead. Because what happens now is that if little Johnny says, Hey, it's going to be really hot in school today. I should bring a water bottle and so I can make sure, you know, I, I drink water and stay hydrated. No, he gets punished for that. So you're punishing these kids for like thinking ahead and taking care of themselves so that they have to just, oh, it, it, it just, I know I'm ranting and getting upset over like one dumb tweet, but a lot of people think this way. And yeah, it's well, absolutely just asinine to do that. It's stupid. Why does it matter? Why does it matter if a kids if kids have water bottles next to them? Well, in class? really, they're gonna because they're, then they're not getting up and leaving the classroom to go to the water fountain when they sh- you know it's better for kids to be out of class as much as possible. That's so, yeah, I'm sure that was his angle. You know. That's why it's a problem to have water bottles at your desk because then your kid has to sit there and listen to whatever the teacher's talking about. Yeah. I don't know if they would say, who's going to get distracted? Well, I don't know. I remember in class there were kids that were that were going to pay attention and kids that weren't going to pay attention. And it didn't matter if he, if the kids that 
had a water bottle in front of them or had their pencil in front of them. Yeah, They're going to play around with school episode because school sucks. Do you know what we should do? I was thinking about this. We should bring. We should see if uh, Matter Pelding would come on. Yeah, because well, he does the uh, experimental education. He does. Stuff. Yes, he does. And we told him in that episode we wanted to talk about that. So yeah, we could bring him on. Let's see, what bring him wants. to the foreground. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, um, I'm sure that guy was just having a bad day and like heard like ten things that. People were just being way too soft for his kids and just decided to tweet the wrong one. Maybe. And then he got the wrath of Rollo. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, but, but, you know, even if that was the case, there's, there's so, cause I know, cause I used to think that way. And there's no good reason to think that way, to think that well, we have to assign stupid arbitrary rules that actually can be harm can be directly harmful to them just because you want them to be like well they need discipline okay um, no one's saying that people you know maybe don't need you know you can't just like give them every you know well i changed my if i ever thought that way i changed my mind real quick in high school playing football we got our breaks here and there for water and you'd be like dying in between breaks then in college, there were managers there with water bottles. You get water whenever you want, and that was really nice. Yeah. So, well, it was a lower level of football in college, though, right? Than high school, yes, yeah. definitely. So, um, it, they were very soft. We were all soft. Yeah, because you got water breaks all right. the time. Water on right. demand. Right. Right. It just softened you up so much. That is correct. So anyway, you got anything else to add? No, just that Any I didn't. I didn't play co- football in college. That makes me tougher than you, right? Because I didn't well, get the. I didn't, didn't get, get the water, water breaks. No, I didn't. You wanted. Yeah. See, that's the problem. I it actually took out the water break because now you don't get a break. You have water all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't have the privilege of having someone chase me around with water bottles. Gonna. I, did you even have to spray it in your own mouth? No. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, you could if you wanted, but you didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, but yeah, you had the option. I mean, man. Yeah. And and was it always just water, or was there maybe some Gatorade in there, too, every once in a while? During practice, it was always water. Okay. What about... But, but we had, you know, get as much Gatorade as you wanted. Man. It's good Living stuff. Good times. It was easy. Man. Yeah. Football sounds so easy. It is. All right. Show notes page, again, is mcflugel.com slash 107. Uh, I may link to some podcasts that I like on Bitcoin. Uh, J.W. Weatherman puts on a great show. Uh, I've been listening to this Stefan Levera podcast. Uh, he's kind of new, and it's just – he's a guest on every every episode, and it's just fantastic. Um, and then I'll probably put a couple books – uh, I'm staring at it. Ma- Mastering Safe Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Safedine Amusis book, the Bitcoin Standard. I'm reading that right now. It's 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 very good. Just read through Mastering Bitcoin by Andreas Antonopoulos. So that's more of the technical side for understanding how it all works. Uh, and he and he does a great job of explaining it that you can um not really understand programming and code too much, and and you'll be able to get most of it. Uh, Saifedean's book is more an economics book talking about uh, how money works and why Bitcoin is, you know, the best money. So maybe once I'm done that book, we can kind of revisit this. 
Because yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, good. I'm sure it'll be somewhat controversial, and we welcome any and all feedback on this. So if you don't agree yeah. with us, let us know. Yeah, seriously, uh, we don't care. Or you know, it, it's it might have been choppy at some point. So if if you want clarification, be happy to do it. I'll probably I'll probably take some of these ideas and write about it too. So I think it's I think Sounds it's very good. interesting. And I'm uh, going to read those books as well, which I haven't done yet. Yeah, but well. I do on them. Well, maybe you can join a football team and someone will read it for you while they spray water in your mouth. I didn't get that. Yeah. But I also can't run anymore. Yeah. Well, you could be a kicker. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. So on the show notes page, we'll also find the links to subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, or on Podbean. On YouTube as well. Make sure you give us a nice five-star rating in there if you like it. And make sure you share us with your friends. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, what am I missing? Oh, our friends. We've got the... Uh... Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was just laughing because, you know, friends. <laughs> we got them. We don't get invited to parties, though. No. Uh, we got Mance Raider with the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. Uh, Friends Against Government podcast with Car Campit and Bird Archist. Uh, Peaceful Treason podcast where Bird was just talking about uh, some cryptocurrency stuff with those guys that I just listened to today. It's a very good episode. Uh, they talk more. They talk about intellectual property and, and debate about voting as well. So go give that a listen. And then uh, Dino Files. And uh, I think that about wraps us up. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.